0: Hi, my name's Hudson, and I'm a geoholic.
1: Here we go. Michael, Michael Jackson with Black or White from his 1991 Dangerous record, and actually a very fitting song for this evening's show. MJ is an absolute legend and gone too soon, unfortunately. Welcome everyone, and thanks for listening to this installment of Geoholics Anonymous, our roundtable format discussion on tom- topics affecting the geomatics world today. By the way, I just have to mention that we just passed 15,000 downloads this we past did it, week. Boys. We did it. We reached that goal pretty amazing in less than a year. Or, oh, I guess right at a year. Uh, my name is Kent, and I am definitely a geoholic. Of course, I have my two partners in crime with me. They are Big Shoots and producer Jake Shoots. Say hi to the good people. Good evening, everybody. Or whenever you're listening, hello, hello. And PJ. How's it going, everyone? Great to have you guys uh, running the show here. Have I told you guys that we eclipsed 15,000 do- 15, downloads? I may have heard that a couple times A couple times, yeah. yeah just want to make <laughs> that clear. Somebody's proud of themselves. Just making that clear. <laughs> pretty amazing. Again, thank you everyone for giving us a chance and keeping us motivated to do something we love. Couldn't do it without you guys. Um, tell you what, we're going to get started pretty quick tonight because we got a lot to cover. So, befo- This one's a big one. This is a good one, yeah. I'm really, really excited about this. A great great. Uh, great panel and a great topic, so let's give our panelists an opportunity to introduce themselves. Let's start with Anna, and what I'd like each of you to do is give us your name, your current role with your respective company, and let's go with your favorite cartoon growing up. So Anna, you're up.
2: Um, my name is Anna Rios. I'm an RPLS and project manager at Land Design Services. Um, It's in Liberty Hill, Texas, which is just outside of Austin. Um, I've been in the surveying profession for nearly 20 years. Um, My favorite cartoon growing up, I don't know, I was always a Goofy fan, so probably Disney and Goofy, those types of cartoons.
1: Can't go wrong with Disney, that's for sure. Hasmita, how about you?
3: Hi, uh, I'm Hasmita, and I'm a research assistant at Boston University. And um, so I was born and brought up in India. I did my engineering there and then moved to the United States two years back for my master's degree from BU in uh, remote sensing and geospatial science. And I graduated last year. So I've just been in the um, industry for about a year now. And my favorite cartoon growing up was Pokemon.
1: Oh, there you go. Okay. She's I gotta young.
0: Say, I got to say BU, <laughs> uh, my my favorite radio personality that has even encouraged me to get involved with this is a a BU graduate, Mr. Howard Stern. Is he really? Yeah. I did not know that.
1: Learn something new every show. That's fantastic. (laughs) Roxanne, you're up next.
4: I'm Roxanne Nimmer. I'm a New Mexico professional surveyor, um, survey manager with Audubon, Audubon Field Services. And I've been surveying for... A lot of years
1: <laughs> <laughs> you and me both
4: uh, so uh my favorite cartoon was has to be Palm and jerry
1: oh classic absolutely absolutely thank you for that david
4: uh yeah my name is david
5: acosta i'm also out of new mexico uh i'm a part owner of a survey company here called construction survey technologies and uh i'll have to say for my cartoon um i'm gonna
1: go with scooby-doo um, oh, i love scooby-doo absolutely all right jake gotta get your input on this your uh, favorite cartoon growing up
4: oh man it's gotta be um probably we talked about it earlier but it's gotta <laughs> be rugrats <laughs> Oh, jeez. I was binging to Rugrats.
1: I liked that a lot. And then not really a cartoon, too, but I can remember there were some mornings where, I and this shows how young I am, a couple mornings where I would wake up super early for Power Rangers. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> that, that,
0: was, that was a good show. Yeah. <laughs> when they all aligned to make the Super Power Ranger. Oh, yeah. oh and, man.
1: So yeah. funny. Big shoots. What say you?
0: Uh, as far as cartoons, I watched so many, but the one that jumps out is got to be Doug with the dog pork chop. It was in the the Buddy Skeeter.
3: Come on, oh, yeah. how could you go wrong?
0: Good I luck. love that show. I'd still watch it now if it came on. Uh, so funny. In the secondary note Nickelodeon special, Rocco's Modern Life, which they just like remade oh, my on Netflix.
1: They're remaking cartoons. Yes.
0: They know <laughs> they know people like us are desperate for anything on? right now. But the world yeah. is crazy. What about you, Ken? What like uh, I'm gonna guess like the Flintstones, what was that old? Oh, I
1: love the Flintstones. Um I think if I had to pick a favorite, it'd probably be Speed Racer. I love Speed Racer Mach 5 and all that. It was awesome. Go
0: Speed Racer. Classic. Always want to drive Mach 5. Of course. (laughs) You'll buy one someday. One of these days. We believe in you. We'll see. 30,000 listeners or downloads, then we got the Mach 5. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: we'll see about that. We got a long way to go. All right. So um, let's get on with this. Man, oh man, the world is off this axis in so many ways in the moment. you know. That being said, I think one good thing that has come out of it is... You know a, a rekindled focus on diversity and inclusion which just happens to be our topic tonight Convenient. conveniently enough yeah I'm super excited to have this conversation with this great uh, diverse panel of folks so again thank you all so much for agreeing to be guests on the geoholics let's get this started sometimes sometimes this topic or this type of topic could be considered sensitive or you know uncomfortable to discuss but you know that being said, I just want to say that, in my opinion anyways, you know, there is really no right or wrong answer to any of these questions, so, you know, please don't hesitate to share your true thoughts and feelings, and uh, and let's be open. Let's have a great conversation. So I think we should start out by, you know, first of all, let's talk about the definition, you know, how we all define diversity. Um, you know, per Merriam-Webster, it means the condition of having or being composed of different elements i.e. the inclusion of different types of people, such as people of different genders, races, or cultures. Um, seems simple, one would think, but it's not, unfortunately. So I'm curious to get each of your individual opinions, you know, in, uh, in one word. Let's try to do it in one word. And based on your life and professional experiences, how would each of you define diversity? So I'm going to start with Anna. Um, I would say
2: Opportunity.
1: Opportunity, very good. On a po- starts off on a positive note. As Mitha <laughs> would say, what do you have to say about that?
3: Um, for just one word, I would say it's inclusion. Inclusion, but, uh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But if I had to kind of talk more about diversity, I would say that it's usually just reduced to being the opposite of for example, if you enter a room or kind of look at the board of directors of a major company, Mm -hmm. how many people are present that are not heterosexual, able-bodied, middle-class to wealthy white men. But for me, diversity is more about, uh, cultivating talent promoting inclusion across the social spectrum.
1: Yep. Yep. Great answer. like that. How about you, Roxanne?
4: I feel
3: it's inclusion as
4: well. Um,
1: they kind of go hand in hand.
4: They do. And I think, uh, women here uh, David also you I'm Hispanic um there there has been such negativity and, and uh injustice I guess
1: mm-hmm.
4: you know um uh, myself having come into the surveying profession way back in the 80s it was all hard rogue. you know mm-hmm. uh that group didn't want girls in the gang, Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have to look at everybody. Everybody has their talents. Everybody has their not too good points. And you just need to be inclusive of everybody. Everybody can add to to the team.
0: And she said way back in the 80s, like a long time ago, but uh, <laughs> th- th- it could be said that surveying is still kind of a boys club
1: to a point, even now. It is. Yep. It
4: is. But it's a lot better.
1: Yep, for sure. Now, Roxanne, I, I, something that I saw interesting in your bio, I believe you said you're the fourth, was it the fourth generation or what? No, the fourth native. I, I am the,
4: the fourth New Mexico native woman to be registered in the state.
1: Wow. That's pretty cool. There was
4: two other people that came in from out of state that got in there. So I'm like six total.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. Risk. Yep. Really interesting. Uh, how about you, David?
4: You know, it's,
5: it's tough to come up with one word, you know, uh, yep. I, I think, uh, I come up with potential.
1: Mm. Yep. That's great too.
5: Because uh, if we're not diverse and we're not really fully you know, seizing our potential that we have as, uh, as humans to really fulfill what being a surveyor could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we we put some lim- limits and stereotypes and things like that on ourselves.
1: Yep, Yeah, yep. you nailed it right there of the stereotypes. Um, so one of the things is, you know, when we're talking about diversity, um, a lot of it revolves around, you know, numbers. So it's important that we have reliable statistics um so for let's say we're talking about gender specifically i know like in arizona you know less than five percent of registered surveyors are women and quite honestly i might be able to name like three of them (laughs) i think we know them all yeah i think we know them all (laughs) (laughs) exactly so why um and david i'm gonna let you start with this one um you know why is it important that land surveying specifically as a profession become more diverse
5: sure so well, you know, if we don't become diverse, then we're just really bottlenecking who we are. And uh, also just the the path that somebody could take from coming in as a hub pounder, you know, we'll say as making their way all the way up to being a, a business owner or a CEO or a boss. And, um, you know, if we don't diversify then we're just really pinching ourselves down to only being able to do specific things by specific people. Um, you know, right now, you know, I went to a meeting back in, um, last almost a year ago out in Orlando for the NSPS chapter. And, um, you know, I, I looked around and I I was definitely one of the few Latinos in the group. Hmm. And, um, you know, I just recognized that, We need to have people in those positions so that leaders, so that people can see that there's a pathway for anybody. Doesn't matter age, doesn't matter gender or race, that there's opportunity in surveying for everybody. And if we don't diversify and show uh, what we can do, even the diversification of surveying itself, I feel like we're not just, we don't just do boundaries. We don't just do topos. There's so much that we do. Mm-hmm. So, we have to also look at the diversity of what we can provide as surveyors that goes beyond just what a traditional thought about what a surveyor might be.
1: Yeah, I like how you went full circle with that. That was really good. I appreciate that. How about you, Roxanne?
4: I'm along the lines of David. Um, you know, there are so few surveyors. As it is, I know in New Mexico we're kind of in a bad shape. Uh, a lot of them are are my age or older, and we're we're getting ready to retire. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that kind of goes across the nation. and And we need to include everybody. And I feel very strongly about get this kids into survey. Uh, I think it needs to be introduced. You know, I remember being out in the field around schools. I did a lot of school surveys back in the day, and, and uh, you know, kids, are you taking a picture? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yep. the curiosity, and it's like, I would take the time to talk to them, to introduce them to it, you know, and, and sometimes I'd let them look through the total station, mm-hmm. you know, just depending what we were doing in our schedule, but we need to get more people, it's a good field, I mean, it's not one you're going to get rich at, but it is a good living,
1: Yep, absolutely well said. Appreciate that. Uh, Hasmitha, how about you?
3: Um, I agree with what David said about it's about what surveyors provide. And surveyors play an important role in land development, city planning, landscaping, for example. And if all the spaces we live in are being studied and planned by men, it is obviously being designed for men. Hmm. I remember seeing a picture of a woman with a stroller like a baby stroller not being able to use a sidewalk under a flyover because the stroller didn't fit in there. (laughs) And so she had to walk on the road, uh, which also had cars passing by at really high speed. And while walking with babies is definitely not solely a woman's job, diversity would have probably helped to plan a more inclusive sidewalk like with a ramp and everything that would also make it accessible to, for example, women with strollers or people in wheelchairs.
1: Yeah, well, really good points, really good points. How about you, Anna?
3: Um,
2: I'd say it has to go back to that opportunity. It's important for land surveying to become more diverse because we have this opportunity, this great opportunity to increase our workforce, our opportunity for those um, who choose a career in surveying. There's so many different paths that they can do, from working in the field to being an owner of a company. Um, There's opportunity with diversity to bring new, fresh ideas, new perspectives, um, creativity, open dialogue, solutions to all kinds of problems. Um, There's just a great amount of that um, by bringing more diverse backgrounds into um, our profession. And when people with different backgrounds work together, they each bring their own experiences to the table, and that can bring great value and opportunity um, to the profession it can also uh, be a way to increase our workforce numbers we all know that we need more surveyors we mm. need more staff um, we need more technicians we need more filled people we have a great need for those people um, and we can gain a lot of that workforce by reaching out to some of the underrepresented groups that may not have ever thought about surveying um, and introduce them to our profession that we love so much and it can provide them with a great career. It can help them with their life journey. And I think that's really important for us to um, consider and to try to put in place um, because there is so many people. um, There are so many people out there who um, need a job right now, especially Mm. with COVID. Um, You have a lot of people in the service industry that that may be struggling right now that don't know what they're going to do. And we still have a lot of work in surveying that are go- that's going on right now and so it's a, a great opportunity for um, people who may not have ever thought about surveying um, yeah I, I think it's important.
1: Yeah, for sure. All, all really good points. I want to talk a little... I'm sorry. Got quick go.
0: quick thing to interrupt. Go uh, going off of what was just said, we got to say with the Get Kids Into Survey thing that was brought up, somebody amongst us was recently on Instagram TV Live. I don't even know. I'm not <laughs> I'm, I'm not that young. Jake can clarify this for us, but yeah. with uh, Miss Ball and doing all that and talking about Get Kids Into Survey and the Geoholics together... Yeah. Any, anything you want to expand on that? that That's uh, a shameless plug, I know. It is a shameless but. plug,
1: but one that I will definitely uh, take advantage of. I uh, I was fortunate to be on on uh, Elaine's IGTV, I believe it's called this go. morning. And uh, you know we talked a lot of course about the movement of get kids into survey and you know in addition to that, you know even like the uh, the boy scouts survey merit badge. And these are kind of all things that you know get kids Um, introduced at 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 an early age and i think that's what we need to do Uh, get kids introduced to the profession at an early age you know approaching them at the high school level or at the college level you know in most cases most of those folks already have in their mind what they want to do so i think it's important that we get 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 these kids in front of it early. It's going to build
0: that diversity with just yeah. getting the numbers essentially larger. Absolutely, you're going to get more in there. And what was it, Geo Jabber? Geo Jabber.
1: Yep, that's what she's calling it so. these days, as of today, anyways. <laughs> and uh, no, I mean Elaine and Ellie Ball. You know what what they've done and continue to do for the survey profession is uh, is uh, to be applauded. And like we said, shameless awesome. plug, but that, yep, it's well awesome. deserved and earned. For sure. Absolutely. Let's talk. And then one of y'all mentioned in arranging it already, already, um, about stereotypes. And this is one that's going to be interesting, you know, to be truly diverse. You know, the first thing that needs to happen is to overcome stereotypes. And I'm going to harken back. We had an episode where we had two local, uh, woman surveyors on, mm-hmm. and it was Honestly, it was it was an eye-opening episode for me because one of them was talking about how, you know, they would take a phone call and it was a gentleman on the other end of the phone. And, you know, he said, I'd like to talk to the, you know, the registered surveyor, the professional surveyor. And she said, that's me. And he's like, no, 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 come on. I want to talk to the registered surveyor about this. I'm serious. You know? Come on. I'm serious. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, you got to be kidding me. That happens. Um, and then the other thing was of course like working on a construction site I mean that's you know definitely a male dominated
0: it's a locker room
1: uh, it's essentially a locker room and some of the experiences that they had working on a construction site things that were said or jokes that were played or what have you um, you know it's 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 unfortunate, but let's face it that's that's the reality of uh, the world we live in, and that's going to be hard to change. That of course, but um, I think it does start with you know overcoming stereotypes, and it's a huge challenge, especially in the land survey profession. And let's face it, one of y'all mentioned it. You know, land surveying has historically, you know, or traditionally been an old, grumpy, white male dominated occupation. And <laughs> <we're-> definition, Kent. <laughs> <laughs> and you know. Uh, the average age of a surveyor, of course, is, uh, is like 60 years old in, in, the, in the United States, and that, that's definitely alarming. And majority of them, probably 98%, are, are male. Um, I'm certain that everybody, everybody on the panel probably has been affected by, by this fact, you know, working in a male-dominated profession. Of course, not yourself, David, but I'm sure you have a perspective on this. Um, I'd like for you guys to talk about that. Um, David, I'll let you go first.
5: Yeah, so um, the stereotype is what I look at is also a wall that goes up right away when somebody first starts talking about surveying. Of course, uh, we're going to talk about working in the hot, especially you all in Phoenix, right? Working in the cold, um, all the elements. Oh, there's there's bees, there's snakes, things like this that go up automatically that, you know, that could deter somebody, uh, even being a math, being really good at math. Oh, you're not really good at math, can be a surveyor, so, something along those lines, you know? So it's it's recognizing again, the the opportunities that there are within serving because you could be the best hub pounder, best state pounder in the world. But if you can't go out and get and and bid work, get the work and close it out and get paid for it, then you're nothing, right? So the way I see it is there's a lot of talents out there from individuals that are going to be beneficial to what I call the survey ecosystem, which could be any survey company, outfit, survey section. We all need, we need IT people, drafters, technicians, um, you know, project managers, field technicians, all these people. So we need to look at all those opportunities that are in there and figure out so that we could break down those stereotypes so that when somebody starts talking about surveying, it's not automatically, Oh, you have to work in the hot or the cold. It's Hey, surveying. There's a lot of opportunity in surveying. You can, you can have your own business. You can do utility locating. You could do surveying. You could be in the mountains. You could be in the desert. There's just so much, to it. But a lot of times these stereotypes kind of go up. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah. So, I agree with you. And I like how you're focusing on the opportunities that go along with the profession.
5: Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing is, uh, you know, when I, I asked this question kind of about diversity to, to the survey crew on Facebook and as you guys know, you want some real answers, you kind of go there. Cause you're <laughs> going to get, some raw answers. Yeah. Um, and, and everybody said, what, what are you talking about? I've been on a diverse crew here, or there, whatever, but I, and, and, and that the same goes for New Mexico. We're kind of a victim to what the demographic of people is. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, when we look at people moving up from a technician to a project manager, to a bill, to a, a CEO, you know, are those are those same opportunities being allowed for everybody, you know, is what we want to look at. Mm Or is, is that model being set up to show that anybody could become a business owner a CEO or move up the chains? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, no, really good point. Uh, Roxanne, you've been doing this for a long time. Let's uh, talk about some of your experiences.
4: Uh, When I first started out, it was the grumpy old white man up there. And, and it was a big struggle to try to get licensed. Uh, it was constantly having to prove myself. Um, pay differentials were mm. huge. Wow. They were huge between myself and somebody else starting out, a male. I mean, I, but, you know, back then it's like, what can you do? There wasn't a lot of, of pathways to, you either had a job or you didn't. Hmm. And you either did it the boss's way or you didn't. Wow. You know,
1: so. Yeah. And I, and I hate to hear it. I mean, I've got two daughters and, you know, they're at the age now where they're entering the the business world. And you know when you talk about, you know, pay inequality and stuff like that, you know, that's, that's heartbreaking to hear that type of thing.
4: Mm-hmm. It is. I mean, it, it's progressively getting better. Mm-hmm. It's not where it needs to be, in my opinion. But um, I think the worst of it might be over. Yeah. Hopefully, at least in some industries. Okay. Sure. Um, but again, you know, it was it was prove yourself, prove yourself, prove yourself constantly.
1: Mm.
4: Um. You know, and I, and I would see my counterparts, males, that that wouldn't have to do this. Right. And, you know, of course, I'd come home and yell and scream and <laughs> turn a little hissy fit. <gasps> yeah. But you, you just make your way through it. Um, I'm I'm glad to see a lot more women coming into the field. Um, yeah. And, you know, and, and what David was talking about, too, I'm going to make a comment on that, David. Mm-hmm. And it, having been on the, the uh, surveying advisory committee for two terms with the New Mexico State University, <laughs> Um, I think we need to recognize that not everybody needs to be licensed. You know, and, and that was something I tried to get across, but it wouldn't come across. Yeah. You know, everybody was get a degree to, you know, get your licenses and that. But some people are very comfortable and very good at being technicians and we need those people. We need them dearly i think all across the united states
1: yep absolutely and some of those people may not ever want to become licensed but at at the same time they are an integral part of of the profession
4: yes they are very much so
1: yeah no doubt and
4: i think that needs to be brought out also you know in any kind of diversification is bring in your technicians you know but give them a chance to grow, Mm
1: -hmm.
4: but still at a technician level.
1: Yep. Yep. And I think that's a, that's like, we can talk about the, you know, the CST, the certified survey technician program. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's awesome for folks that are, you know, in that position, no doubt. Yeah. And it's so funny. I like having two daughters. I always like from the time they were they were little, you know, like, that's not fair. You know, this isn't fair. Blah, blah, blah. And I I've told them, like, in our little family, fair is an F word. Nothing is ever going to be fair. So that uh, we have to get past that somehow one way or the other. Yep. Yeah. 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 Hasmita, I know you're very young into the, the, the geomatics uh, profession. Yeah. Um, I'd like to hear what you have to say.
3: Um, I de- I believe that, yes, the stereotype definitely exists. Like in college, I've been told that uh, field jobs are for men. And back then I never questioned it. I was just mm. I was studying geoinformatics engineering and we had companies coming in regularly and they would just say, yeah, we're looking for, uh, so I also uh, was also in like the petroleum engineering uh, major along with geomatics. So we had a lot of oil and gas companies come in looking for geologists or field engineers. And they would just say, yeah, we're looking to hire like five men to work on the rig. Mm. And it, it was just like taken as a fact that women wouldn't be interested in this like drilling opportunity or geologist opportunity. And we often have like raise our hand and ask like, Hey, are you hiring any women? And we were just like five women in a class of like 40 or 15 men. Well, wow. first of all in engineering, uh, or in STEM, women are not equally represented. So the stereotype does definitely stop students from getting into the field because it's just an expectation that we just think that, oh yeah, companies are looking to hire men for some reason. And we're not at a position, or we weren't before, to question that, like, why does the stereotype exist? But I would have really loved to uh, meet women in the field, like, uh, or interview with women in the field and talk about, what they do and listen to their experiences and what they like about it, and that would have uh like put in in me at a young age that okay, women are not just for desk jobs or not just for sitting in front of a computer mm-hmm. but we can go out on the field and also like you know you see women hiking and going in the mountains or desert or all these places, so why can't women be on the field again like it's the same desert, it's the same mountain
1: mm-hmm. yep, I do have a question for you um based on what you've seen, you know, being, um, being in, in the States, are there, are there more women involved with geomatics professions in the States or do you think there's more women involved with those professions in India?
3: Um, I think in terms of gender, the United States has more women. Mm -hmm. And that's also due to a difference in access to equal access to education. Like Mm. we have a huge cultural gap in terms of, women going into degrees like engineering or just going away from home to study. So I feel like for in India, uh, the stereotype isn't the reason why women don't work in field jobs. It's more of the access to education or promoting Mm -hmm. an interest in higher education from a young age. So in that way, the United States is better in terms of gender diversity.
1: Gotcha. Very interesting. Very interesting. Appreciate that. Uh, Anna, how about you?
3: a lot
2: of what is, has been said already is all very good information. Um, Roxanne mentioned the difficulties early in her career. Esmea mentioned about the women in the field, and I know a lot of women in the field, um, and they do run across those guys that just you know are not very kind. Um, but most of them handle it professionally, and they. Like Roxanne said, sometimes they go home and they're very frustrated with their job and sometimes they question what they're doing. And I think it's important to realize how you treat people um, impacts whether or not they stick around in the career um, in surveying. And we really can't afford to lose anybody. So if there's a woman that's working in the field, we need to be supportive and encouraging and we need to understand their background and their differences and support that Um, One of the things that was also mentioned earlier was about statistics, and I think it's really important for us to have um, some statistics that we can measure our progress in this. Um, Mm. The NSPS Diversity Committee that David's the chair for uh, is working on some ways to gain some of that data um, that we can use to analyze and measure that diversity in our profession. Um, In Texas, i performed my own research because there wasn't any available. Nobody was collecting that data. Um, and in Texas, only 3% of the registered surveyors are women. Wow. Um, it's approximately 85 in the state. And that's out of, I think, 2,500 active surveyors right now. We have had a lot more that, um, are now inactive, but out of that 2,500, there's 85 total to date, um, approximately 85 total. There might be one more that got licensed recently, but, um, And of those, it's very important to note that of those, 15 of them were licensed before 2000. Oh, interesting.
1: So in 1979,
2: when the first woman was licensed in the state of Texas, to the year 2000, to 1999 and 2000, in that 20-year span, only 15 women were licensed in the state of Texas. Mm. And of The 84 that we have in the state now, or 85, um, I know or I have at least met half of them. um, And I'm very honored to say that I've been able to work for two of those. Um, The first woman that I worked for that was a surveyor, she was the very first surveyor licensed in the state of Texas. And that's where I got my inspiration. So I think when it comes to stereotypes, it's very important to create that visibility because i saw her as a surveyor Mm. and because i saw her i felt like hey maybe this is something i can do so i think creating that visibility helps with those stereotypes and helps break that stereotype um, from moving forward Um, i think a big part of that process is simply acceptance of people and their history and their backgrounds um, supporting people with different backgrounds, I think it starts at a human level. We as humans, we need to be accepting and inclusive of anybody that's interested in serving because we have such a demand and there's so many different things that people can do in serving. Um, So I think there's there's a lot that goes into it, but I think changing stereotypes is really important to have that visibility and to also start at a human level and have people really look inside and and be accepting and inclusive of people who are different and have different goals?
1: Yeah, that that was uh, very very well said. So I do have a question for you, a little follow up here of the, the 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 women registrants that that you know or that you know of. What would you say the average age of uh, of, of those are?
2: Um, it's a pretty wide range. Um, I would say probably the average age is between 45 and 50.
0: Okay. Maybe and you're like, and you're like half that, of course. <laughs>
2: Not quite. That's <laughs>
0: flattery,
1: my man. <laughs> flattery. Uh, that's funny. Um, all right. So moving on. So, you know, really to... To improve diversity and to change stereotypes you know in surveying or the geomatics world um you know in in many cases i think it's going to take a uh, a paradigm shift in the mindset of you know the leaders or those considered leaders of the, the respective professions that's where it must start and From there, it needs to be promoted and cultivated from the top down. I mean, this is a huge, huge undertaking. Everyone needs to buy in, of course. You know, company cultures must change and provide education, which was also mentioned previously, you know, about diversity, which leads to inclusion, which ultimately there's some accountability. Um, What do you what do you say about that, Anna?
2: um it's an interesting thought uh i definitely agree that culture of a company company truly works from the top down um if the leaders of the company are not following what they say and not implementing their goals and their values for their culture of their company then they're going to run into problems um if the leaders don't stand up for prejudice or discrimination or um people that have stereotypes and and the way that the stereotypes are, are expressed through individuals, um, whether it's in our office or in the field, um, then what does that really say about the company? But likewise, um, if those experiencing those stereotypes don't ever speak up or those, that discrimination, they don't ever speak up, then the leader in the organization might not know that there's an issue. And I think, especially in surveying, you have kind of a disconnect from the office in the field sometimes. And those guys out in the field, they have their code and they're out there in the field. And, you know, if if they have an issue with each other, then they have to work it out between each other or maybe get a field coordinator involved. But sometimes that doesn't go up the ladder and people don't really know that there's an issue. And I think that can really have an impact on the staff and the culture of the company um I've heard both sides of the Mm -hmm. story from individuals that I know and care about and it's frustrating on both sides um but I think it's important to to educate people that there's certain things that it it's not helpful to say and I think a lot of it is when you bring people with different backgrounds sometimes individuals don't know what to say or how to say it and they say the wrong things Mm -hmm and they hurt others feelings or they make them feel less because they're different, but that individual may not know what they're saying is hurtful. Yeah. Um, so I think it's important to, to have those conversations and those discussions and keep open dialogue um, between members and the company to keep a, the type of culture that they want for their company. Um, I think that, There's a lot of that that happens that's not ever taken up um, for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And it's not because they don't know what to say. That doesn't give them an excuse to be a jerk. It just Mm. sometimes there's people that are different from you and you don't know the right words to say. And men and women, I know we communicate very differently. And so it's it's sometimes it's just a communication issue and how they talk to people, um, on both sides.
1: Yeah, the uh, the fact that men and women communicate differently—that's a whole nother episode, right Men there. are from Mars, women are from Venus. <laughs> I've read the book; <laughs> it's true. It is absolutely true, though, and it it is something that needs to be taken into consideration. No it's one doubt. of the
0: few books in this world I've read twice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it's you know it's it's I don't want to say it's funny, but it was like I said, it was very eye opening when I heard you know that female surveyor telling me the story about the person on the phone questioning her being a registrant, you know, and I, to me, I, I was like that. I, I couldn't believe it, you know, but again, I think it's, it requires stories like that to be shared, um, to fall in line with the education side of it, you know? Um, cause yeah. that really opened my eyes. I'll be honest with you. To give a shout out. Was that Sarah or Dana? Was Sarah. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Yep. Yep. Hasmita, How about you?
3: Um, I'd like to share an experience I've had uh, during one of my internships at an oil and gas company. So, part of my internship was going to the field for a week and kind of like shadowing the wellside geologist. And so, that was pretty exciting. That would be my first time on field doing anything. Like So, this was in the desert in Rajasthan, India, and the Mm. temperature was like, Fifty degrees celsius during the summer which is like probably a hundred degree fahrenheit and above mm-hmm. i don't uh, yeah i'm not sure about the fahrenheit conversion so i went to the field and um so in the entire rig i was the only woman there like so i was an intern and i was just supposed to be there for a week and so the moment I came in, this guy was like, oh, we need to clean the women's bathroom. I was like, okay, why? Like, uh, and they were like, oh, we haven't had a woman here in a while. <laughs> so that was a little uh, intimidating at first. I'm like, have women never, ever stepped into this area? Or is this just like, it, there's been a gap? Like, you know, no one's been here mm-hmm. in the past month or two. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it was completely me, an intern, 21 years old, in a field probably full of like 80 or 100 <laughs> men. Wow. in the desert in 50 degrees celsius Wow! so that was kind of uh, a new experience something i'd never experienced in university or in any other space before yeah. where i was the sole woman uh so yeah if you're looking at a top-down approach i do believe that the leaders of a company need to co- actively concentrate on inclusivity in, at each step like right from making space for women to like during the hiring process and then being accountable for their experience once they're in the space. Uh, you know, once they break the barrier from education to being at a company, uh, who's going to be accountable for their experience once like we're in
1: mm-hmm.
3: and, and don't make it a, I don't know, like a racist or a sexist environment. So yeah, I don't yeah. believe that diversity and inclusion also is uh, accountability is also an important part of diversity and inclusion. Yeah.
1: And that story you shared, I mean, gosh, you know, how intimidating a situation like that could be for a woman, you know, um, and there's stories like that probably every single day. It's very unfortunate. Roxanne, what do you have to say?
4: Well, I agreed with a lot with what Anna had to say. And, you know, I think it needs to go beyond the the gender. It needs to be cultural as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been fortunate enough to work with a lot of different people from all over the world throughout my career. And you have to take into account, you know, what you know and what they know are two different things and, and accept and learn about each other. And I think it all boils down to a lot of communication. And that goes from working coworkers to up and down the chain. And there has to be that communication in both directions. Yep. But you have to also be sensitive and not, you know, really offend somebody. I mean, I've always been pretty easy about talking and, and I love learning about other cultures. And so I ask questions, but I, I do it in a manner not to be offensive. Yeah. You know, because to me it's just more for me to to have that extra knowledge.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that's a really good point because everybody, everybody has different backgrounds. Everybody is raised differently, whether it be culturally or whatever. Um, so, my God, I mean, it's such a challenge for everybody to understand everybody. You know? Yeah, it really is.
4: I'm, I'm going to throw one little instance that, that that I found. Yeah, and I kind of got upset. I was a the business owner at the time. I had my own business for over 16 years, but uh, we had a Native American working for us. And uh, a couple of the other guys on the crew were giving him a hard time because he got very uh, upset at an owl that was hanging Mm. out by a project site. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had to ask what's going on here. And in his culture, uh, that was a sign of death.
1: Mm.
4: You know, so... I basically had to come down on the other guys and say, you know, knock it off. You know, yep. this is this is his thing, and you need to leave it alone.
1: That's a so, great uh, great example. You know, the other guys in the crew, you know, had no idea that was the case. You know, so they could Right, and making, they didn't
4: bother to ask. Yeah,
1: and they could be making fun of him and all this stuff, and that is having a very negative effect on that that individual. And they the, the people, you know, thinking they're making jokes, they just they don't know. They don't know. They don't I, understand yeah yeah no that's a that's a that's a good point how about you david what do you got
5: um <clears throat> yeah it's it's a it could be a company culture you know there i know there's some that companies that uh maybe are more diversified when it looks when you're looking at from an engineering not just surveying but engineering standpoint but uh you know even myself i've realized sometimes where um When Now that we focused on diversity, I've already recognized certain things where my brain is going through a change right now where I can Mm -hmm. be more inclusive about a lot of things. And like you say, um, you know, I have a daughter also, Mm -hmm. and I don't want her to feel like she has limits. Then I have to look at my son in the same way, too, you know, because it goes both ways is just uh, ensuring that that, you know, they're not fulfilling their destiny because of some type of stereotype or um you know just something that's keeping them from doing that um so it's it's definitely a change once i think it's it's not gonna it's not an easy thing to overcome i don't think but we have to start now we now is the time and we have to start making those changes and it may seem weird and awkward and uncomfortable, but we have to start to make those changes so that those diverse people will, you know, those diversities will start to be more infiltrated into surveying and start to, you know, take different types of positions. And like you said, we're not just focusing on being licensed, but other jobs within this survey e- ecosystem.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: Uh, so, it's just uh it's it's just a everybody opening up their minds it really is and and education and and being enlightened about new things new technologies that's how we can think about being more inclusive about other cultures and other other ages races and like you say it is about communication and everybody communicates different i mean you i have i have you know three different guys that are working with us and some of them communicate differently than others as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's, it's very really important that we, um, and a good manager is a good communicator, right? They, they know their, they know their employees and they know how to work with them and how they're best effective. So yeah, it's just,
1: uh, you know, just getting them in there. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I, uh, I guess I'm fortunate to work for a a, a company that, there's a lot of a lot of women in leadership positions, um, and it's probably honestly the first company that I've worked for where that's the case. I don't want to say it's the majority, but it's pretty equal to be honest with you. And it's really interesting to see, you know, again different perspectives. Let's face it, men and women are different. We communicate differently. We have different perspectives on things, and it's um, it's so interesting to me. It
0: really is. Well, and that's the thing, like David was saying, that the time is now. A lot of people yep. are thinking, yeah, the time is now, and that's great, and hopefully this continues to go in the right direction, but we're also behind the times, essentially. we got to catch up. Yeah, this should have been <laughs> done a long time ago, and <laughs> I think, think that frustrates a lot of people, but mm-hmm. it, it also seems like um, as the—I don't want to— throw this out there but the old guard kind of retires off and this Mm -hmm. younger generation is taking over where they've grown up with this diversity and they're just accustomed to it it's not foreign to them it's not an issue I guess but yeah uh, it, it seems to be as as time goes on it's naturally happening I agree so. I agree. You just
1: gotta keep that momentum moving forward.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I, and we're we're a couple of white men, so I, I, I can't even fathom, you know, yeah. what it is to be a female or a minority. And and I, I I I sympathize, I understand it, but I cannot fully get in myself in your shoes. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well that's where the education comes in and hearing stories like we've heard, you know, it uh, it's really eye opening. Um, let's talk about some positive stuff. What do you think <laughs> about time? Let's do it. All right. So some of the promising things that are, are currently happening, um, you know, there was a, a woman's survey summit, uh, last year. And I know Anna was very involved with that. And we have David of course, and he's the, the NSPS diversity committee chair. And that's a new committee that NSPS created recently, which is a huge step in the right direction. And let's, what else? So Lisa Van Horn, um, she's the past president of NSPS and Amanda Allred, she is the current VP. So there's a lot of really exciting things happening as far as, you know, gender diversification goes anyways. Um, it's my understanding, you know, more and more women are actually serving as presidents of their state associations, and there's some cool things going on with them. some of these hashtags that are catching on, like, you know, hashtag, you know, women who survey, hashtag, I am a surveyor, hashtag diversity in STEM. Um, how do we keep this momentum, you know, moving forward? And, uh, David, I'm going to let you start with this. And, uh, you know, uh, again, I'm, I'm so glad you're able to be here tonight with us, especially, you know, being the, uh, the chairperson of the diversity committee for NSPS.
5: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'd like to just take a moment to thank Amanda Allred also yep. for, uh, you know, she, she was stated to be a part of the show today and unfortunately she couldn't be here, but I'm thankful for her for getting me in here. And, uh, and she's been pretty instrumental in a lot of my uh, professional development with these professional organizations. So I'm very grateful. For that and just real quick while we're talking about that is I have some of the stickers yeah. that, that she's made, you know, um uh, really awesome yep. campaign going.
1: And um so real quick, how do folks uh how do folks get those stickers?
5: You can reach out to Amanda. I'm glad you asked. Uh you could reach out to Amanda, you could reach out to me. Anna did I'm sure she sent some to you as well, right? She's been she's been a it was a it was a donation that was made through a nonprofit from uh, Steve Dowdy, I believe. Oh well, wow. uh, that funded the stickers and the initiative, um, and of course with Amanda's, um, mm-hmm. you know, ideas and, and pushing forward with this. But yeah, through Amanda, who's Amanda the Surveyor on Instagram, um, and uh, Anna, myself, you can find us, and I we, either one of us would be happy to send these stickers, and everybody loves stickers, you know, stickers yeah. are fun. To put them on our hard hat or on our drones or yeah. survey boxes or whatever. So,
1: yeah. And it may seem like a small thing, but you know what? It just kind of keeps the ball moving forward. So it's yeah, a re- and really again, cool movement.
5: Thanks to Amanda for taking the initiative to even get this started because it's something that nobody you're like, really do are we, are we going to go there? Yeah, we need to, we need to, you know, so yep. it's good. Thanks to her for getting this conversation going. Um, so, yeah, it's it's uh, what we need to do most importantly, and maybe we haven't done such a good job of this is just doing the outreach, just mm-hmm. educating people, kids, teens about what surveying is. And, uh, you know, I've done a lot of outreach over the last two years and uh, from middle schools, high schools, colleges, um, you know, STEM nights things of that nature. And it's just a matter of getting out there and promoting surveying. And it's a little intimidating sometimes to get started, uh, but, but you just we just got to do it. You know, we, we learned a lot from all the outreach we did. And even when I felt like maybe, you know, the classroom full of students weren't all going to be surveyors, at least I knew that I could drop a little inf- education on them about what a surveyor is. Maybe they might not be a surveyor, but maybe they might have other jobs or professions that deal with surveyors. So we need a, we just need to do a better job all around of getting out there and, and promoting. Um, So, and I think we all recognize that, Um, you know, part of what we want to do with our diversity group is, is collect a bunch of data that we can use and turn around and help for our recruitment and outreach and find out how we can get to those underrepresented groups and people um, in order to bring them into serving so uh, it's just a matter of putting the word out I feel and um, you know just to keep it going and and making people aware uh, just for example i I usually would start off with okay who's heard of serving you know when I'm talking to a group of, of students and yeah. you know of course you're you're not gonna get hardly any hands raised but Uh, more, more recently, you know, before the COVID stuff, I went, I had a group of students in front of me and I asked them who's heard of surveying. And I had about three or four that raised their hand and I was really shocked. Hmm. And I was like, so how did you hear about surveying? And they're like, well, you came to our school uh, last year. (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay. But I thought that's a start, you know, just me here in New Mexico, you know, with my, with my partner, Carrie going around, but it's. It's just get, getting in, just putting it in front of them time after time, when, when some of them are ready to make a choice on their career, hey, at least they'll have know what surveying is. And if not, at least they know what it is in general and what the value of, of it is to us. Um, just one other quick example is uh, I was at a math, at a, at a STEM night at a middle, middle school. And one of the adults, one of the parents was eyeballing our little table. He could see the drones and I had my SX-10 up there and everything. And he came over to talk to me and it turns out, you know, he was wanting to get into survey. he was already working for a survey outfit mm. uh, for the city, but he was wanting to pursue it more. So I was able to have a talk with him and, uh, you know, get him to uh, go sign up for some classes also. So you never know yep. who you're going to inspire. It could be a teacher, it could be a parent, and it could be a student as well. It's just a matter of doing it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Very well said. You know, it's just do something, you know. It's the and old
0: you can't win if you don't play.
1: Exactly. Do something, you know, and uh, you, you got to start the start the wheels turning uh, at some point. And you never know who you're going to reach and how far that, uh, you know, that connection may go. So very, very well said. I appreciate that. How about yeah. you? How about you, Roxanne? What, uh, what 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 can we do next?
4: Um, I really don't have an answer to that, other than what, <laughs> what David was saying. He, you know, he nailed
1: it pretty well, didn't he?
4: He did. He did. He really yeah. did. And yeah. and uh, I think we just really need to start hitting kids at a younger age. Mm-hmm. You know the way they're putting them on these career tracks these days. You know it it seems like ninth grade and they have to know what they're going to do the rest of their lives but that's not the case
1: (laughs) yep yep so true but uh yeah
4: um and i really really want to see outreach to women
1: Mm -hmm.
4: and to minorities you know these these unrepresented areas that just don't have a clue what
1: we do. Yep, yep. And
4: I, I think we'll be able to just thank some, some really good people out of it.
1: Yeah, no question. I couldn't agree more with you. Hasmita, um, how about you?
3: Um, coming back to the question, uh, I, uh, representation is definitely important and especially for women like me just entering the field, having female role models and mentors, especially women or women of color gives me hope and so seeing a uh, greater percentage of women in leadership roles is definitely exciting and i hope this continues across the industry and adding to david's points about inclusion i also think it would be helpful to reach out to university student groups and work with us uh about uh, uh like diversity For example, on campus, so I work with, uh, I'm part of this organization called Graduate Women in Science and Engineering. And we organize networking and outreach events on campus for undergrads, grad students. And we invite professionals from the field to come and talk to us and kind of help us learn. And I feel that if companies and women in leadership positions also actively reach out to us through maybe local universities or on LinkedIn, we could make this a, two-way approach and increase diversity in STEM. And on a lighter note, I would also suggest uh, organizing events with free food because in my experience organizing network and outreach events for students, no one will say no to free food.
1: <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> Even at a <of> college, I <laughs> won't say no to free food. Yeah, put me in that category. <laughs> <laughs> Very well said, Asmitya. I appreciate that. Anna, brag on uh, the Women's surveyor Summit a little bit.
2: Brag on the Women's Surveyor Summit. Um, first off, I just want to say there's so many awesome people in this profession. I'm just so honored to know so many of them. Um, Amanda Allred, that David mentioned earlier, um, she invited me to be a part of this today. And I truly appreciate her support and everything that she's done um, with her and other women and minorities and leadership. It is truly inspiring for others. Um, for others that are already in the profession and for others that are not in the profession yet. Um, In Texas, the Texas Society of Professional Surveyors, our state level president is also a woman currently and our vice president is also a woman currently. (laughs) And there's um, chapters across the state that have women in um, officer roles. Um, I'm actually the president for our local chapter here for this second year. I'm being installed for my second year on Thursday and and with the the um with women and minorities in leadership just through seeing that diversity in leadership it really does help bring a new diverse workforce through visibility alone um the women's Surveyor summit was something that i i wish i had had whenever i first started out in the profession um and it definitely created visibility for women and it's something that has really taken off. We were supposed to have um, our second one in Virginia this year, but due to COVID, we've pushed it to 2021 and hopefully COVID will get out of the way and we can all get together again. Um, But, you know, we kind of joke um, at at different conferences and things that we go to that, you know, um, we're usually the only one in the room, the only woman in the room. Mm -hmm. And then we we joke about how that, you know, makes the restroom lines shorter for us. (laughs) but all jokes aside, I mean, it's it's sometimes difficult to connect or feel like, feel like you're part of the profession whenever you're the only one in the room. Um, and, and that can be very intimidating, even for people with the strongest personalities. Um, it can still be intimidating to be the only one of your background in the room. Um... And with the summit it was an opportunity for women to really just be women who love their profession who could come together and share their experiences and gain support from those who have been through similar experiences um, and similar things and talk about you know well i had this you know issue with somebody and you know how did you how would you suggest handling that or you know and you could kind of um, bounce ideas off of others on how to um, work through the profession as a woman. And I think it's important for us to support all backgrounds that way in that same um, type of scenario, that same type of event. And so um, that kind of spurred the foundation, um, the formation of the Future Surveyors Foundation. Um, it's a 501c3 prof- nonprofit. Um, the mission is to create opportunity, inspiration, support um, to develop a skilled and inclusive workforce Um, in surveying and the geospatial engineering profession. Um, And that's to be done through events like the Women's Surveyor Summit and possibly one for Hispanics or other minorities. Um, It's something that we can use to create that visibility, but also to provide support as they move forward in their career. And I think that's very important for us um, as we move forward. And there's a lot of positive things going on right now, the Get Kids Into Survey, um, the diversity committee through NSPS, Um, Amanda with her diversity campaign that's going on. I mean, there's so many positive things. Um, So it's really, really exciting. Um, The Future Surveyors Foundation is so new. Um, We're still working on our website. That should be coming up soon. Um, And we'll have lots of exciting news um, moving forward on that once we launch our website. So stay tuned for that. And um, there's, there's a lot of good things going on.
1: Yeah, there really is. So the Future Surveyors Foundation, is that something that is Texas specific or w- tell me a little bit more about that movement?
2: It's a national organization and it was created to help um, put on events like the Women's Surveyor Summit. The okay. women, it will host, um, co-host with whatever state the Women's Surveyor Summit is in. Um, last year it was in Texas. This year it was supposed to be in Virginia. We have washington state lined up pennsylvania wisconsin minnesota we've got several states that are very interested in hosting and have already kind of grabbed their year that they want to host it everything's kind of been shifted because of covid but um it's something to help fund um, those events and the one in texas we were able through sponsor donations um to allow that to be free for all the attendees hmm. food was free Um, The event was free. There was no registration charge. Um, The only cost was their travel and hotel expenses. Um, So that's something that I don't know that we'll be able to do that for all events. uh, But thanks to our sponsors for that event, we were able to do it for that event. And we hope to do that for future um, summits as well.
1: So awesome,
0: it's a pretty good deal,
1: yeah. No doubt. So, I, I got
0: did, I didn't hear Arizona on the list of upcoming,
1: uh, <laughs> not yet. We'll follow up with her on that. <laughs> I'll have sure. to look
2: at my list, it's getting longer every day. I right. had Alaska and Hawaii reach out to me, and I told them they were going to help me reach my bucket list.
1: They're
0: number um, 49 and 50. We're 48, we're first ahead
1: of them at least. Uh, so, I got to tell you, I, I I uh, I was super impressed and humbled by each and every one of you. And I think I learned something from each one of you as well. So again, I thank you for being here. Um, We touched on, you know, what I feel are some of the most important points. We could talk about this for hours. Um, That's about, do you got anything shoots to add I just like
0: what David was saying about like uh, getting the younger kids into it and everything. How young do we start? You know that, that mm-hmm. you know Hudson's going into second grade with COVID. Who knows? But next year's third grade. Do we have a geomatics day at school? Like geoholics show up and we're like rock stars there.
1: Yeah, we well, interview kids. That'd be awesome. Yeah, there I we love go. it. I think it's a great idea. Just spitballing on the fly here. No, I think that's. <laughs> I think you might be onto something there.
0: No, it was greatly appreciated. It was. It was definitely a different perspective, and it's good to hear this stuff. And yeah, great it, panel. Yeah, it was. It was well uh, appreciated. Thank you, guys, all.
1: Great panel. I'm gonna give each of you. Uh, an opportunity to, you know, just kind of add some last, last thoughts, or if there's something we haven't really touched on. So, Anna, why don't you go ahead and start us off?
2: Um, I would say for those with diverse backgrounds, um, be visible, um, be part of your professional organizations, be encouraging, be supportive, um, be inclusive for all those interested in the profession, um, but especially for those who have a different uh, background or a different experience. Um, and for those who have historically been the majority, um, I'd like for them to just be open, um, to be accepting, to be supportive, um, mm. and also be inclusive of all those interested in the profession. We need more workforce and through diversity. I think we can really, um, create a huge impact on
3: building our workforce.
1: Well said. Thank you, Anna. I appreciate that. Hasmitha,
3: Um, yeah, so I'd like to, uh, make a small plug about the often, uh, like often encountered counter argument to diversity, which is merit. So Mm. I I feel like, so coming to merit versus diversity, I feel like if you look at any problem solving in any profession, it happens to be a group effort. And when we're looking at complex problems and there are studies that prove this, we get better answers or we make more progress when we look at a a problem from diverse perspectives. So the ability to see a problem differently than how it's always been looked at is key here for progress and not simply just being the smartest in the room. And this stresses the importance of diversity in organizations. And I feel like organizations could make this change uh, very early, like starting at the hiring process by focusing more on the background of a person or their experiences rather than for, for example, just focusing on their GPA or you know, can they, can they use this software? Can they use this instrument? Mm-hmm. So this is my perspective, like just entering the field and having gone through a lot of interviews. I feel like the more importance that's placed on background, like Anna just mentioned, would yep. really help organizations progress better.
1: Yeah, great perspective. I appreciate that. Uh, Roxanne.
3: Um, I feel
4: very strongly that diversity will always increase the power of a company. You know, I've, I've always depended on, on good people that I've hired. I just happened to be the top end of it and signed my name. You know, and if it wasn't for those people, and they came from all walks of life. Um, mostly older uh, hmm. in my my company. I had a couple of young people, but uh, I just couldn't find people. So, And I think choosing people, individually versus on, you know, being this or that or fitting this slot or fitting that slot, you know, I, I'm strong about that. So that's, that's my take on it.
1: Yeah, no, really good points. And I, uh, I appreciate you being transparent. Uh, David, you get to close this out, my friend.
4: Yeah. So I just, you know,
5: like to say I'm, I'm honored to be on the show definitely. And, uh, to be on this panel, with these uh, amazing women here um, at, at different points, you know, in their career, we could say, but props to you all for, for, you know, going through it for withstanding, there's gonna be, you're gonna influence so many. And Hasmita with your attitude, with your looking at it, where you're saying, yeah, you know what, I'm here, I'm gonna be here, I'm gonna work hard. And really, in the end, those are the characteristics that anybody would want from an employee. You could be the smartest person, but a real pain in the neck. But if you have that attitude, like you have, and and you're willing to, uh, you know, put your boots on and get out there, you're you're gonna go very far. I can tell that already, and you're gonna influence a lot of people. So just just keep doing what you're doing. Um, You know, like I said, I'm just, I'm honored to be a part of it. I know I'm going to learn a lot. And like those comments were said, when we can all have a diverse uh, approach to problem solving, we are going to be way more effective because, you know, it's not just one certain type of thinking that's approaching this. And it gives me hope that we are going to be part of a group that's going to make a change here.
1: Absolutely. Very well said. And, uh, you know, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta tell you, I, I'm, 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 I, like I mentioned, I'm humbled by this. You know, this is. Some really amazing content here, and I appreciate you know each and every one of you, uh, you know, being open and honest and transparent. I know that's not always easy to do, but there's so much more to talk about, and you know, as long as we're all open to to learning and you know, furthering our education on this topic, I, th- I think we're going to be okay. But we can't we can't give up. So, um, and then another thing I want to mention, you know, the the we try to bring people together that have um, you know, a a diverse perspective on things. And we definitely have that with this group. So hopefully, you know, the, the, four of you will keep in touch. And I think there's a lot to be gained from, you know, making this connection. So again, thank you guys, um, for, for being here. It's greatly appreciated. With that, I think we can put a bow on this one. It was fantastic. I Wrap can't, it up, ship it out. Can't wait to get this one uh, get this one out there. So, um, you know, we're still in the heart of a pandemic, of course. So I encourage everybody to get involved with your communities. You know, volunteer your time. Look for opportunities to help someone out that might be struggling. You know, bank some good karma. I promise you it'll come back to, uh, to, to uh, reward you. As always, thank you again for listening and your continued support. Please check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. Feel free to send us an email at info at if you have any suggested topics or would like to be a guest on a future panel. And uh, we'd love to hear from you, regardless. Support the friends of the program. Absolutely. Stay safe and healthy, everybody. Thank you to our friends of the program. Land Surveyors United, landsurveyorsunited.com. Parkland College Land Survey Program, parkland.edu forward slash surveying. Unifly, U-N-I-F-L-I arrow. Bad Elf, bad-elf.com. Advanced Geodetic Survey, agsgps.com. Safety Apparel, safetyapparel.us. Diamondback Land Surveying, dbackls.com. Get Kids Into Survey, getkidsintosurvey.com.